Peter, I just met you about three minutes ago, and my first question to you is, I saw on your LinkedIn that you said to hell with the suit and tie a while back. What made you get, what made you ditch the suit and tie and go to casual? Yeah, man, and I'm actually surprised. <laughs> He's sporting that today. Peter, are you ready? Peter, yes, sir. Go All for it. All right. Ty, you ready? Yeah, let's go. All right. Time out. Tyler, who are we taking the time out with today? <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Well, on this Monday morning, Kevin, we got Peter Wallen, author and president of Wallen Insurance. Guy's written like six books, president of his own insurance company. And Peter, I just met you about three minutes ago. And my first question to you is, I saw on your LinkedIn that you said to hell with the suit and tie a while back. What made you get, what made you ditch the suit and tie and go to casual? Yeah, man. And I'm actually surprised. <laughs> He's sporting that today. today. I was ready to wear a t-shirt. I got my sneakers on, but you know, I think, you know, great to be here guys. Great to be part of this podcast. And I think we all just need to be ourselves and, and stop trying to impress somebody else. And I, I wore the suit, suit and tie for years and, I just got tired of it, you know, and so uh, corporate America step aside. I'm I'm here now. <laughs> really cool. When did you when did you find when did you feel comfortable, uh, Peter, in your own life to to basically say, well, screw it all. I'm not going to try to be somebody that I'm not. I, I don't think it's part of an age thing, guys. As much as it is just a confidence, you know, a thing that not trying to please people or to impress people. You know, when I go to a business meeting or even a meeting with clients, uh, I certainly don't want to. Um, offend anybody by by underdressing and, and dressing you know too casual but you know I just want to be myself so mm-hmm. whether I'm wearing a Buffalo Bills t-shirt or just you know a shirt supporting my community it's it, it, it's cool you know yeah. so just be myself yeah awesome Peter well we really appreciate you being on our okay. show and you know I, I saw it on your track record you've written six books Peter when in the heck did you ever think you'd write six books Kevin's got, got, a, right got a couple right here Tyler I was uh, yeah, the author himself sent me a couple and we'll get into those but yeah and P, when, did, when did you start to think that you'd be an author someday I have not done much homework on you at all you know it certainly didn't come early in life I was uh, I was a C student in high school and I got to college and I, I bragged now to my kids I said man I was a 3.2 3.4 grade point average in college and I really wasn't, man. I was, I was like 2.5, <laughs> 2.6 grade point average. So, so English was not my strength. The college course is not my strength. But, but I learned to work hard and learned to put in, put in the time and the energy and the effort on personal development uh, more than anything. And as I got into my 30s and then even, even my early 40s, um, I was tapped on the shoulder quite a bit to, to share my story about starting my own insurance business, um, just being a successful business person. And as I started giving speeches and seminars, um, you know, I had a, I had a file cabinet full of notes. And so I just started taking the notes out, you know, in my early forties and started starting jotting down some notes and put together that first book, which led to six books, which is cool. Awesome. Uh, and I have a couple of those and I can't wait to dive into those. And, and Peter, you and I have, uh, you've known me since I was a little tight playing college with your son, Mikey. So, um, you and I go way back, but, um, just for the audience that does not know Mr. Wallen, um, he is, uh, his true self. Um, and I think that is one of those pieces of confidence that he talked about earlier, um, which is why he's always been a mentor of mine. Um, and knowing that he started this very successful insurance agency within Elmira, New York, um, Amira is not, what, not known for much. I mean, we have Ernie Davis, we have uh, Eileen Collins, we have some some big names, but 
Um, on the business side, um, Mr. Wallen, when you ran your business and continue to always shine and really support the community, I know community is a big focus of yours. Yeah. You mentioned personal development. I know you're a huge sports fan and I want to get into your personal development side. If you had to choose between the Sabres or the Bills. Oh, you- Bills, Bills by far. I love Buffalo. All right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the Bills. And, you know, what's really interesting about Buffalo sports is it's owned by the same the same family. The Pagula yeah. family owns the Buffalo Bills and they own the Buffalo Sabres. And yet, you, you know, we're watching right now. We're seeing both sides struggling. You know, the, the Sabres are struggling and the Bills are doing so, so well. So it's management, right? It's management yeah. and development of good people along the way. So. Hopefully what do you think about what do you think about our new coach in Buffalo that seemingly had turned around the team? And I, I know we trimmed the fat and got rid of some high paid uh, players and it wasn't popular um, by the fan base for sure. Right. Um, what do you think about the new leadership? Oh, it's outstanding. Uh, the, the coach uh, McDermott, he, he says humble and hungry, man, humble and hungry. So so not sitting there bragging, patting themselves on the back, but. But develop a culture, you know, within the organization, whether it's the Buffalo Bills or, or my organization, you know, develop a culture where, where we get along with each other, we respect each other, you treat people well, but you also tell people, you know, the way it needs to be done. You know, mm-hmm. you, you develop the system, the procedure, and then uh, that just uh, creates the culture that everybody does it the right way, the same way. And you're certainly see, see that result right now in the Buffalo Bills football team. And it starts with that leadership and that coaching. Awesome. Oh man, Peter, I didn't know you were such a big Buffalo fan. And I'm, uh, I'm from down south and I've jumped on board uh, recently, nice. easily recently. Let me say that much. You know, I'm from Jerry Jones country down in Arkansas and I rooted for y'all every year in the Super Bowl, believe it or not. Thank you. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little different myself. Um, do you believe that you kind of care? What kind of leadership do you carry over, I don't know, say like a McDermott to your own insurance company? Uh, you know, great, great segue um, conversation wise, you know, I've, I've been in business now for 23 years and started this insurance agency by myself, kind of what we call scratch. So I, I didn't buy an existing business. I just started scratch and um, getting out there, you know, knocking on doors and, and telemarketing, cold calling, doing whatever it takes to get to get business to come my way for auto insurance, home insurance, and then even small business insurance. So it's worked out really well. Um, but certainly I've learned through the years that I can't do this by myself. You know, so right away from the early days, I started training, hiring people, training, developing, training and developing people um, so they can help carry the torch. And so it's not just me doing this stuff. You know, I can get people that can that can uh, sit right beside me and, and help me develop this business uh, and certainly do things that even they can do things better than I can. You know, you, you, you hire to your weakness. You know, my, my strength is one thing. But, you know, if I have weaknesses in, in whether it's computer skills or uh, technology, or even just you know, handling all the paperwork that an insurance company uh, is necessary to have, um, I can hire and develop people that can that can do the things that I'm not good at or, or that I don't want to do. And ultimately, they're going to be better at that stuff than I am. So um, take off the hat, take off the ego, get get them to do this stuff. It's outstanding. Dude, I love it, Peter. You know, I, uh, people always ask me, you know, why do you are you so uh, active in the in the community? Why do you network so much? And I, I tell them that, Peter. I say Tyler White ain't enough, you know. When it comes to what I want, to, what I want to accomplish, and you mentioned cold call. What what is the art of the cold call to a guy like Peter Wallet? <laughs> you know, I started back in the '90s when you guys were born. You know, that's, yeah, that, that's when I started my insurance business, and, and I was been in the business in the 1980s when I worked for uh, in Nationwide Insurance. I was in management, and and back then it was telemarketing, guys. It was 
it was pick up the phone and dial, <laughs> dial for dollars, we used to call it, and you know, hit, hit the phones hour after hour after hour, and it was extremely effective, but as you all know, I mean, that was a telemarketing thing, nobody likes it, nobody likes uh, being interrupted right now, and even now with, with our phones and our cell phones, we're getting spam calls and that kind of stuff, so uh, there's, there, there's better ways to do it now than there was back then, but back then I was hung, hungry, man. I, I had to sell insurance. I had to feed my kids. Yeah. You know, I had to put food <laughs> on the table. So whatever it took, but certainly the, the segue to that is, is the more I sell insurance, the more I treat people properly, sell them a good insurance policy, take care of them. In my insurance industry, you know, the, the, the secret is to get the customers to stay with me. They buy insurance from me, but stay with me. Stay with me for not one year, but three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years. And I just get residual commission off of that. And that helps pay for my, pay for my, my bills. So if I treat people well, if they're going to like me, know me and trust me, then they're going to send, send their family and friends to me for insurance. You know? So, you know, bottom line is I take care of people. Well, uh, I don't need to do the telemarketing anymore. Like I did back then I get referrals. Yeah. You know, referrals yeah. Come oh. And I know, and I know, I know that's what you're all about. And you always lead with um, your best interests. Um, but the best interest of the other person, um, Peter, you have always shocked me as one of those people on how good you are at asking questions about how the other person is doing. Um, one of the things that we're starting to see about like the world of work, right, to, is our lives. We I fought really hard to protect my personal and my professional world, right? I, I, I did not want to mix the two. I, I, I really made it upon myself to not make friends within the business or too close of friends. Um, but that seemed to change pretty much overnight during, during the pandemic. Then we had like babies crying in meetings and cats walking into Zoom meetings. Um, and now business and life are really, I mean, so intertwined right now that organizations are struggling to, to untangle the mess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's not how you've led your organization. And I know for a fact for the last 23 years, why do you think it's so important that you being the executive or CEO really knows the lives of your employees in which you're working with side by side? Oh, wow. Great question. And um, I've got 11, 12 employees right now. And, and we have staff meetings every single week, whether during the pandemic, we were doing it over a Zoom call, which is great. Uh, now we're back to doing in-person meetings just for an hour once a week from nine to 10 on a, on a Tuesday morning. But, you know, we started off, you know, I have a, a clear agenda, we, clear agenda, but we started off with, with what we call happy talk. And we just go <laughs> around the room and I make everybody talk. And just share something that's happy in your life right now. I love and that. so it, it gets the person that's usually the quietest person in the room. I, we get them to talk, you know, say something. And it's, and it's always a personal thing about their family, whether it's their, their son playing, you know, Little League T-ball, or maybe they're, you know, an elderly parent is, is struggling a little bit, but they just got out of the hospital. So, so as we go around the room and ask those questions, you know, we, we become part of their family, which is, mm. which is just, it's the right thing to do. It's a natural thing to do. But I also think this guy's, that um, we're all facing a battle, you know, each, each of us, it, we're facing a battle. And, and today my battle could be a lot worse than your battle, whether it's a, like I said, an elderly parent or a, a sick child, or uh, just trying to get my bills paid on time or something like that. We're facing a battle and today mine might be pretty rough. So I hope and respect that, that you guys, you know, treat me well, because tomorrow, you know, it could be your turn. Yeah. And, and so we all kind of take turns having tough days in our lives and, and we need that support group around. So no talking behind each other's back, you know, no backstabbing, you know, when someone needs to take some time off of work or leave, or if I need to take some time off of work and leave, uh, we, we support each other with that. So that's, that's huge. And that's, that's part of the culture that we yeah. develop. 
uh, each and every day. And so when, when the disaster does come and the challenge does come, we're as prepared as possible for it to support that. Yeah, that's awesome, Peter. Where, where'd you learn that methodology? You know, that, you don't see that everywhere. I promise you. <laughs> uh, you know, it's 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 the godly principle. You know, treat others the way you want to be treated yourself, right, guys? You know, the golden rule. You know, it goes back to like, like Kevin said earlier, having mentors and and just you know personal development. You know, read the right books, take the right classes, work on personal development, and it just comes over and over and over. It's just loud and clear. You know, treat treat people well. You know, treat people with respect. Um, not about, you know, wearing some big hat that I'm some corporate guy or I'm some CEO or I'm some huge author. That doesn't matter. It's it's how I treat people. On, on a day -to -day oh wow, well, yeah. And I know you're a big family man, and uh, I, I I I I joined the fatherhood club here. So congratulations, man. These days. Yeah, the bags. I got the bags <laughs> to prove it now, Peter. Great right here yeah. comes next. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Oh! I think I already noticed a few strays up there. I'm getting a little worried, but no Rogaine yet. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you, you, you're a big sports guy. I know you love, love sports. Um, it's something that um, I, I think you were playing for quite some time uh, yourself. Um, and, and I know in sports, it's how much practice, right? Go out, shoot on the goal for, for an hour, my dad used to say, or go, go play basketball for a few hours. It's practice. It's repetitive. You talk about reading these books. I think a lot of CEOs read these leadership books, right? But very few know how to apply it into their routine and become practice, right? Or become second nature. How have you taken what you've written, what you've read, what you've learned, and started to apply it in your own leadership? And to develop your own style that that people wanted to read books about. It, it's a great question. It's it starts with with me, just like it starts with you. You know, before you can teach that to somebody else or or, or, or try to instill your 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 beliefs in somebody else, it has to start with you. You know, what's what's your daily philosophy? What's your daily habits? You know, are you up at six o'clock in the morning? I know, Kevin, you got to feed a kid here, but you know, are we up at six in the morning starting good habits of of exercise and eat well and, and meditate a little bit and maybe read a book and, and do all that stuff before you even turn the TV on. So you're forming, you know, proper daily habits to get, to get your day off to a good start, you know, and, and so you, you prepare yourself for any bad thing that might come up, but the, the daily habits start each and every day. The first thing you do when you get out of bed, you know, did you get your eight hours sleep? Did you get up? Did you do your exercises? Did you do your stretch? Did you eat proper food? you know, all that good stuff, meditate, you know, read a little bit, you know, journal a little bit, right, write in your journal, all that kind of stuff to prepare yourself for the rest of the day, you know, so it, there, there's where the attitude forms, but, you know. What is your personal mission statement then? What, what are you saying to yourself to, to really motivate yourself when you're stepping out of bed in the morning? Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll say this, it, it's just about serving, how can I serve wow. others, you know, yeah. just, goals are just stuff you write down and I've been writing down goals and, and trying to accomplish goals all my life. And I think it's outstanding. You've got to do that. You've got to, you've got to have a, have a, have a goal in mind and write it down on a sheet of paper. But in my world right now, as I get older guys, you know, it's less, it's less important about having things as it is. How can I, how can I create that legacy by, by serving others? And, and so very philosophical, I get it, but you know, I love it though. It's part of the mission. It's part of what yeah. makes you thrive every day. And I think a lot of people are, are doing the same, right? I, I think we finally had time. I mean, it's not that sports are a distraction, but sports are a distraction, right? It's like we get home from work and we throw on a football game. We're distracted from our day. We're not even really right. taking in what, who we met, what we learned. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. But that went away during the pandemic, right? So then there weren't concerts, there weren't these distractions and really forced people, I think, to look inward and look at their life and find out who they were. And, and I know like uh, Tyler is that, that person for me that really helped pull out my strengths and find out who I was. Um, you went through a transformation yourself. Um, I know nutrition became more of a, con- a certain part of your life where you had to make some very drastic changes. Who helped you, I guess, see that? Maybe you mentioned a mentor in your life that similar mm-hmm. to Tyler in my life helped you f- identify your strengths as well, Peter. Uh, great stuff. You know, and I'll, I'll say this, you know, mentors, you don't even need to know who your mentor is. You can get it out of a book. It can be, it can be Tony <laughs> Robbins. It can be Dale Carnegie. The guy's dead for 50 years, but he's still a mentor. You know, you, you read those books and, it, and it's just outstanding. Each and every day you can carry, carry your mentors around in your, in your, in your back pocket in the form of books. But, but certainly with nutrition, um, as, I get, as I'm into my 50s now, I realize you know, if I just keep doing the same things I've done in years past, I'm gonna just gain weight naturally just through metabolism changes and just things that, that naturally change in my body. So I can't keep you know, eating the same donuts that I ate 20 years ago and think I'm not gonna gain weight. You know? So um, go to the gym, you, know, you, you learn from your, your fitness advisors, you, you learn from your health coaches, you, you, you do anything possible to just surround yourself with all the right people that can help you know, determine you know, good health and good fortune, mm-hmm. you know, sides, don't walk away from your doctor appointments, do your blood work every year, you know, do all the right things. So you're, so you're not, you know, setting yourself up for failure, you're setting yourself up for success. So whether yeah. you take vitamins or whatever, it's, it's just making sure you're doing things properly. And you're taking, you're taking the time, right? So, and again, not to, not to get in the male versus female, but uh, let's just say society in itself um, puts so much into our careers that we don't reserve the time necessary for such yeah. practices, right? To, to go to the gym or take a bike ride, go for a walk. How do you make sure that you pencil or carve that out in your calendar? You put it right on the calendar, you know, put it, we all carry around our calendar right on our <laughs> right now. So schedule that, you know, so usually Monday, Wednesday, Friday at noon, I'm out of here. I leave for an hour and I go to the gym, you know, today I'm with you guys, but yeah. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> this is important, man. This is important. Normally I'm, I'm at the gym at noon on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, so it, take a quick shower, come back to work. You missed an hour, you know, but yeah. you got that hour in. So whether it's morning, afternoon, nights, whatever it takes, uh, you, you, we can't skip that. And, and you mentioned the pandemic. And I think sometimes we got so caught up in the pandemic that we just use that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we gained 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no excuse, man. Go buy a Peloton. You know, it's, yeah. it's $2,000, but it's an investment in your life, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah. I got a Peloton at home right next to my desk, you know? So <laughs> I trip over it to get to my desk. So I might as well just jump on it. As he's cold calling. We might be best friends, man, uh, by the time this is over with. Uh, you're, you talked about serving others, man, and that's music to my ears, dude. Um, you know, people ask me why, you know, why is that my uh, my mantra or whatnot, you know? And I tell them, you know, it kind of deflates my ego and it makes me sleep good at night, you know? And it, it, it uh, wears me out sometimes helping others. In a good way, but I, I saw one of your books was called "Ensure Your Peace of Mind." Right on. Uh, can I ask Peter Wallen, how do you get that peace of mind? Oh well, you know, first of all, that that was my that was the third book I wrote. So here I am, an insurance agent. I've been doing this for you know thirty something years with, with my career, and uh, the first two books were on business development and mm-hmm. personal development. So it took me three books before I even got into the insurance <laughs> world. So, 
so it's it's a cool book. It's a book, you know. In all honesty, with books, I'm not I'm not selling the books either. This is a marketing thing. So yeah. so the books are made to you give them away. You give them away as gifts. You give them away as a token. And and as I'm handing something to somebody, it's like, oh my god, I received something. What a what a huge what a huge deal, Mr. Wallen. Can you autograph it for me? So yeah, that pads my ego as much as possible. You know, so I need that. But, you know, when you said insure your peace of mind, that's what we do. We, you know, I'm an insurance agent. So, you know, you come here, you give me money, you give me your hard earned money to, to, to hopefully do the right thing to protect you, to give you that peace of mind. If you are involved in a car accident or someone trips and falls on the sidewalk in front of your home and they, they sue you because of uh, something that happened, you know, yeah, you, you want to make sure that your insurance company, your insurance agent has done the right thing and, and not just charge you some money, but has given you the right advice and the right counsel. And so that's what we do. And that, that's how I put that book together. It's a very simple read. It's an easy read, but it, it just describes different things that you should be paying attention to when it comes to your, your insurance portfolio. So, yeah. um, Well, I think, uh, and, and we all sell against that, right? I mean, at the end of the day, we, we all do sales for a living, but um, yeah. I think it's that uh, we sell against a lot of the dishonest uh, people uh, that uh, yeah. Pers- uh, yeah. were before us, right? You know, we're still selling against that, even though the three of us lead with their best interest first. Yeah, right. So right. how do you how do you make sure in your in your business networking? Because I know you're a mem- you 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 went uh, member of Greek Life, um, so I'm sure that gave you an instantaneous group of networking. What did you learn in Greek Life networking in college that um, you still apply in networking business networking today? My Greek Life guys was, was like Alpha Tapa Kega. <laughs> that's, that's about where I learned, but you know, good bunch of guys. It was very informal back then. It was it was an ATK thing, but it it it, it allowed me to form incredible relationships with people. To be honest with you, so it's it's lifelong friends that I met in college are still my friends today, and and I think there's a lot to be said about that. So, um, yeah, man, you know, people come and people go in our lives, but mm-hmm. but there there's always a few people, and you don't even need to number how many there are. There there's a few people that just stay attached to you uh, through thick and thin, through, through good and bad, through ups and downs. And um, I, I'm very blessed that, that I've had really good people in my life, um, you know, that I've met through college, that I've met to childhood friends that I still keep in close, close touch with. And yet even, you know, people in the community now and clients and, and, and people like that. So it's not about numbers. It's about quality of yeah. having the right people and the right relationships in life. That's, that's beautiful. Beautifully put. And I know well, you're very active that, in right? the community. Why? Why do you find it so important be, having a business that you're involved in the community and out in front of the community in the chambers of commerce, yeah. in the rotary clubs? Why do you think that that is such an important, I guess, fundamental pillar to what you've been able to build? Uh, great way to describe that a fundamental pillar. We, we talk about our competition. You know, my competition right now is, is like Geico. You know, yeah. how can I compete with Geico? <laughs> you know, when they've got, they've, the, the commercials are outstanding. The <laughs> You know, I laugh when I see the Geico commercials, but man, that's my, that's my competitor right now. And you can't, you can't turn on the TV right now without seeing something with Geico. So that's my competitor. And they, they've been, they've been training people that, you know, 15 minutes or more can save you 15% on your insurance, you know? So I don't want to compete with that. I don't want to compete with the speed of Geico and the, the, um, the, the, the lack of personalization. They're just, they're, they're selling a commodity. They're selling mm-hmm. a TV commercial, you know, make, make life simple to buy Geico, but you know, I'm going the different direction on that. I want to be your local friend. I want to be yeah. your local guy that's in the community. That's, that's flipping burgers and hot dogs, Kevin, on a, <laughs> on a Thursday night somewhere in, in, in my local community. 
you know, that's the guy I want to be, you know, yeah. that I'm not doing it to sell an insurance policy, but when people see, you know, that Peter Wallen's involved with Meals on Wheels, that I'm involved with the Chamber of Commerce, the local hospital that, that your dad, that your dad works mm-hmm. for, Kevin, that I'm on their foundation boards, you know, those are the places that just quietly, you know, you just get yourself involved with and, and you meet the right people, you, you surround yourself with a good circle of, of network connections just naturally through that local community thing. Mm-hmm. And um, in all honesty, you know, Geico really isn't, they can't compete with that. They can't no. compete. They can't touch that. No, definitely. They can't touch because wallet and they can't touch that. So no, you're uh, building that level of trust, trust and everything else like that. It, it, it was just yeah. so, so important. Tyler, what did you have? Because I got a couple more for him. <laughs> oh, Peter Wallen. I was just going to ask you, what, what's a guy like you? How, how do you define a day of success nowadays? It seems like you've done it all. You're experienced out. You know, you know, you know more than Kevin and I can buy by far with simply through your experiences, it sounds like. So what's a day of success look like for you? Well, it starts at six in the morning doing my first <laughs> hour, right? That first personal development thing. But, you know, I'll, I'll segue, guys, because this, this is an easy segue to, to talk about having, having a business where there's proper systems and procedures in place. And um, if you don't mind, indulge me for a second. Let, let, I share the story a lot. You know, there's, there's, a local, there's a local person, let's call her a lady, that makes wonderful cupcakes. And everybody loves her cupcakes, right? Oh my God, you make the best cupcakes in the world. I love your cupcakes. I love you. You should go into business making cupcakes because you're so good at it. So this person believes that. And so she she opens up a business right here in town selling cupcakes. And everybody loves her cupcakes and they're buying her cupcakes left and right. They She can't keep the cupcakes, that, you know, she can't make them fast enough. So guess what? She's overwhelmed. I, I need to hire somebody to help me make these cupcakes. And I've got all these bills in the background. I got to do the financials. I got, I got to pay taxes. You know, I just do cupcakes. So then she says, I got to hire somebody. So she hires somebody and guess what? The customers are still coming, but the quality of the cupcakes diminishes and it deteriorates because it doesn't have that loving touch that, 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 that the cupcake mm-hmm. owner has. So then the quality deteriorates uh, they get slow, they get backed up, they, they, they run out of supplies. Um, and so they've got problems. And then suddenly the ladies in the background, she can't pay her bills because her taxes are due and her business has kind of dropped so quickly, so dramatically. And uh, that's what led me to write my first book, guys, is I saw so many businesses struggle and fail uh, when they shouldn't have. That, mm-hmm. So what's the answer? Systems and procedures. Hmm. Have systems and procedures. This is how we make the cupcake. This is a, the written system as to how the ingredients go into the cupcake batter. Then we, we stir the batter 34 times. We pour it into the, into the, the pan. We put it into the oven at 400 degrees, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. But it's the system and the procedure that I can hire a 16-year-old to do that, right? Mm-hmm. The McDonald's philosophy, Dunkin' Donuts. They've mm-hmm. got systems in place so they know how it's done. Mm-hmm. We can hire a kid right out of high school to, to handle this. So. Mm-hmm. No offense to the cupcake owner, but I've seen enough of that yeah. uh, that I really feel bad, and I regret to watch you know the owner of the cupcake store because usually within a year they're gone. Yeah, very and, and true. Stinks because she had such a great dream and a great vision, but she didn't take the first six months or the first year to write down her plan and to yeah. seek advice and to and to get mentors in there that, that know how to do it. So mm-hmm. to answer your question, I knew I had to throw that cupcake story in there. But yeah, I to love it. Your question. <laughs> To me, it's about systems and procedures. I can walk into this office in the back door of this office at 8.30 in the morning and know that my staff is already in place 
already know what their system or procedure is for that day. And they know how to handle that next phone call. Someone mm-hmm. calls into the office and say they got in a car accident. How do we handle it? This is how we handle it. Mm-hmm. Someone needs us to send them an email uh, to a bank or something to verify insurance coverage. This is how we do it. We've got, we've got templates in place. We've got what we call stamps. So we know exactly how to send that email. We know exactly how to file that email. We know how to keep records and track all that. So the next person we hire, we just say, hey, this, this is the training manual. This is how you do it. So in an HR, but that is so, so critical. Oh, it is. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and, and like the pandemic, again, not to keep bringing up the pandemic, but that's, that's when a lot of the processes had, had been flipped on their head. Right. And then you got to quickly, some of those processes need to adapt or evolve. And it sounds like you might be getting that. Are you, do you listen to, to maybe when a new piece of technology comes out or maybe an employee identifies a better way? How do you keep those lines of communication open between the frontline workers as well as yourself? Mm. It's a great question. And yeah, technology is, is not just changing, but it's changing rapidly. And, mm. and again, I'm in my, my mid to late fifties here. So I, I struggle with technology, but I know I need to embrace it. You know? So if there's a new, a new platform that's coming out that I need to be involved with, we, we take it sooner than later, Mm-hmm. But we also do the right thing is, is I'm not just going to introduce it to all of my employees right away. Yep. We're going to create kind of a, um, you, you know, a, a start off strategy here and do a little bit of beta testing to make sure we've got, you know, the right understanding. So I might pull two or three people from my business and say, hey, let's work on this project to make sure we know how to use this, this Google platform yeah. and make sure we do it properly and correctly before we introduce it to the whole team. So I love that. we do a lot of that, you know, a lot of that is to create really a new cool. way to do it, but we can't just throw it against the wall and wing it. We've yeah. Got to do it. yeah, exactly. And then, like you said, is it much makes it much easier for the next man or woman, man or woman to step up and, and kind of yeah. pick, pick up where they had left off and, and, and feel like they're immediately educated yeah. on how they can um, mm-hmm. produce per se um, for the organization. Yeah. Go ahead. I've got, an, I've got a lady, she's 18 years old and she's working from home. She works remote for us. She's 18 years old and she's knocking it out of the park. You know, she doesn't even come into the office right now, but we just, we've got technology in place that we know how to email her. She knows how to get system down and, and she can do, she does a lot of our insurance quoting for us, you know, so it, it doesn't take the time and the energy away from someone here in the office. So, yeah. And then it gives you more flexibility. And that's what I think a lot of businesses are, are struggling to identify those unique positions within their organization that can be fully virtual or fully yep. remote. Right. Um, But you're so in tune with your organization. And granted, yes, it's on the smaller side, but Mm -hmm. you're in tune with not only a community, you're understanding where the community needs are, where your areas of focus. But then you're also in tune with, I think, the younger demographic as well, Peter. I think with uh, your your children, having children in that that age and being able to relate to them. And they've probably shared stories about corporate America and their own jobs. Um, You talked about legacy earlier. and that's one of the things that Tyler and I always like to ask our guests is what do you want Peter Wallen's legacy to be? Um, that he served, you know, that he, that he was just a good guy. You know, I, I think you, you spend the first 50 years of your life working on your legitimacy. You know, you're, you're, you're <laughs> a, a father, a dad, your, your, your life, your, your home, you're, you're trying to just create legitimacy. And, and once you hit that big five Oh, you know, that, that stuff, 
is as important as it was for the first 50 years of your life, the next 50 years is, is more worrying working on that legacy stuff. So how can you serve? How can you be best remembered for someone that gave back to the community and, and all that? And, and as morbid as it sounds, you know, my obituary, I don't want someone to put in there, man, he was the best Buffalo Bills fan I've ever met. <laughs> I don't want that. You know, I don't want that in my obituary. <laughs> Uh, he's a Yankees fan, you know, screw that, you know, who knows this guy, you yeah. know, as much as I love the Bills, I love the Bills, I got it, I get it. But, you know, he was involved in community, you know, he served, he, he helped a poor child one day, he, you know, he helped, you know, someone that, that needed help, you know, he was, mm -hmm. he was the, the guy that was called upon, you know, when Meals on Wheels was looking to expand their operation locally mm -hmm. here in our county, you know, that's, that's, that's the legacy that I want to be remembered for. So um, not about the ego. I, I don't need, need to my, have my name on a plaque somewhere. I, know. Like, I don't see that. I don't see you on that at no, all. Not, not about that, but, but just, you know, he, he was a good guy. He, he did what he was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. you know, so. One of, being a father too, and I know I'm giving you whiplash in this conversation, but Love as it. you keep, as you keep talking, I just want to, I want to go back to that point too, because you talked about your legacy and legitimacy to legacy is by far Tyler I think that's one of the best things that I've heard on our show because that is like <laughs> it, it really struck home because you're right it's like chasing the American dream and when yeah. you get the American dream you have a house you have two car kids you got two cars you got a boat you got a trailer there's nothing else you can get and then what right and then it switched to, to more not tangible assets it becomes more well how can I help others I love that Helping others, being a father, being a mother, you're, you're always kind of in service to your child. And I, I experience that because yeah. if I'm out there to feed or burp or whatever, that he can't do it on his own in most cases. Um, you are always the father, though, I found amazing to always be at your son's soccer games and practices yeah. and always showing up. But you had an insurance company. Right. How the heck did you do that? How did you navigate that? How did you prioritize that and say it's okay to leave business when i know i'm going to see my son's soccer game yeah thank you it, it, it's it's um it's a no-brainer you know you, you only live once you, you want to be there for your kids you know and i i, I miss a few things here and there but that, it was so far and few in between um it was just so important to be there you know and, and i don't want to miss the goal i don't want to miss you know the the, the play that, that they're going to talk about for weeks and months you know so you, you want to be there for that and, and kev you're right we did a lot of traveling with our yeah. weekends and things like that where you took time away from our personal lives and your parents as well you know you, you're just there but it, it's so important for i think the development of of the kids at, yeah. at, at that time as well um i'll say this and my, my kids my kids laugh but you know i, I always say you know, do cool stuff till you're 30. <laughs> and I'll, I'll even I'll even say what I really say: do cool shit till you're 30. <laughs> yeah, because I think we put so much pressure on our kids to make career choices and career decisions when they're they're 16, 17, 20 yeah. years old. When you go to college and you're supposed to decide what you're going to do for your career, um, come on, you know that that's way too much pressure. So if there's one thing I I, I pat myself on the back with, and my kids laugh because I I've been saying it forever: do do cool shit till you're 30. I love you know, that. Travel, try different things. Try different things. Yeah, yeah I, get a more worldly view. More, yeah, I love that. Seriously, and, and you then then you're going to work on the legitimacy after that, and, yeah. and the, the settling down and all that stuff. <laughs> An opportunity to, to 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 do something pretty, pretty fantastic. Do it, you know, travel the world, you know, take a sport, you know, do something interesting. Just go, go do something and don't get so caught up in trying to define your entire life 
when you're still a young person in your, yeah. in your early 20s and 30s. And, and yet, you know, college comes at an interesting time. Yeah. You know, you're 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. And you're out of the house. You're free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's time to come. But, you know, if anything, that's just part of that life growth and that life experience to, to get that, that started. Get away. That was beautiful. Yeah, well, Peter, you 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 seem like an unshakable and fearless gentleman. You know, I'm glad I ran into you this afternoon Thanks, on, a, on, a, on a Monday. Uh, how does it? How did you deal with fear as a as, in your younger younger ages? Because I can tell you don't have a lick of it now. But you know, you, you mentioned cold calling. We'll give you some more whiplash. How did, yeah. how did you and starting your own business? How how does a guy like Peter Wallen deal with fear back in the day? You know, great question, Tyler. I was just thinking on that question i was in high school and college i was very shy i was very shy wow. very nervous wow um, i would never out. believe that ask my buddies i was shy i wouldn't raise my hand in class if someone asked me a question I, I wouldn't i wouldn't have the energy to answer it but i think as i as i started you know getting into my early 20s and, and things like that i realized that um i wasn't gonna go very far in life if i wasn't able to speak up and and, and share my share my my beliefs and just you know be able to speak um but it was hard. It was very, very hard to do. And, and even as I got into the insurance industry when I was 24 years old, it was hard to do those cold calls and, and make those make those connections. And yet I forced myself into it. And I forced myself to what I said earlier, guys, reading books. Um, I took Dale Carnegie public speaking classes. I, I put myself in such uncomfortable positions back then that the more of those uncomfortable positions I put myself in, the more I, I gained confidence and the more I said, hey, I can do this. I, I, I got the guts and, 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 the, and the desire to do this. So just speak up and do it. So um, that was huge, though. But that was, you know, taking the Dale Carnegie classes, the Tony Robbins stuff, you know, all that all that motivational stuff that, that sinks in over time. But it's it's confidence building. Uh, so when you are ultimately put in a position where I was being asked then to give speeches and seminars and, and get up in front of groups of a thousand people to, to talk on, on my experience, as nervous and, and as, as full of butterflies as I am, I did it. You know, you did it and you do it anyway. And, and you just gain so much skill from that. That's that's. And sometimes and sometimes you learn from making those jumps. Um, how did you make that? Because you've mentioned like your your time in corporate America. What what did you learn in corporate America, and what did you take with you, and what didn't you take with you? Mm. Well, uh, I, I think corporate America is is has changed so much. I, I think going back to the eighties, nineties, early two thousands, it was so so much about corporation, corporation, corporation. What's the difference between a leader and a manager, you know? And mm -hmm. you guys have been through this stuff, but a manager manages things. And, and there's just so much of that, you know, driven by quotas and, and annual objection, objectives and, and finances and trying to have your budgets in place that it was just so much of what, the, what I call just a, a corporate world that I just, I just didn't enjoy. I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't want to be part of it. And yet, you know, I was making good money. You know, I, I was doing yeah. fine. You know, and, and doing all the right things, but I just didn't enjoy it. So, so manager manages things. A, a leader becomes a leader of people, right? So, mm -hmm. so how do I, you know, hone in on all the skills that I've developed and all the things that I've learned through through the books and through you know following the mentors? That now, when I start my own business, how can I just do this in the form of of surrounding myself with good people mm -hmm. and. and being part of a leader, but also being part of a follower too, you know, follow others that can be, that can lead me, wow. you know, so um, th th that's where the development comes from. 
Man, I'm thinking that Peter Wallen's pretty damn cool. For president. I want I want Peter I Wallen for president, I think. Yeah, I, I just love the transparency and the honesty, uh, Peter. And um, what advice could you give uh, guys like Kevin and I? You know, we're uh, in our 30s. Uh, Kevin's now a dad. We're in sales. Um, what do you got for us, Peter? Shave. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't shave. I forgot. I was just signed to the Yankees. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you noticed that, right? You know, it, it, I, I don't mean it. Don't shave. It's only yourself. Dudes, oh, my God. It, it's back when I was in my, when I was your age, I was afraid to not shave. You know, I, I had that corporate, mm-hmm. that corporate image to uphold where I had to shave every day. I had to wear the shirt and the tie every day. And uh, our world and our society has changed so much guys that, that you don't need to do that. And I think that's, that's the advice I'll give you is keep, keep doing what you're doing, man. You know, whether you're wearing a t-shirt or, or not shaving or keep whatever i think that's so cool i'm a big flip-flops guy so i try to wear those those anywhere i can (laughs) you're being yourself with that you're not trying to you're not trying to influence that on me or anything like that but just being yourself and so as you get out there and and continue to do these podcasts and and interview people that 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 are like you people that are not like you and just Mm -hmm. and just share that with the rest of us guys i'm I'm still learning too, and I'm listening to your podcast. I'm Thank watching. you for that. Thank you for that. <laughs> more, more Swen Nader, man. More, exactly, more. exactly. If we could only book guests like you and Swen, we'd be doing all right. More CEOs from Vision, man. I yeah, yeah. So one of the one of the other things that I saw recently, and I know you, it really spoke to you too, was uh, the nomination of the first Rotary female president. Hmm. What did it mean to you when she was elected? About time. It's about time. Wow. <laughs> you know, even right now we're talking about, you know, the first female governor in the state of New York, you know, and I know it was a weird circumstance, but I think it's outstanding. I think it's about time. I've been in Rotary for years and years and years. And, and thankfully, um, I think it was in the late 60s that they, they the, the old men's Rotary Club allowed women to join Rotary. And thankfully, uh, that's worked. And if I look at my own club right now, I think there's 25 people in our Rotary Club two-thirds of them are females wow and they're outstanding they're they're hardworking uh workers they're they're retired they're they're all different variety they're all different backgrounds but man um our our president right now is 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 a, is a female she's doing an outstanding job and i don't even compare her male to female i'm just, yeah. just thankful that she's there and she's she's part of it that's so cool because I knew I knew that really spoke to you too to, to finally see that and you're starting to and and when you hear that sometimes I I've never gone back in the history books at a lot of these organizations right. but then when you hear it and it's like first you're like holy cow how has it taken this long for right. that that's that's so so powerful so we we got into a lot of deep stuff pretty quick and now I want to have some fun stuff because I know you're a fun loving guy. All right, so we're rolling up. We're going to see Josh Allen. He's going to, he's, uh, we're, we're, we're playing, uh, let's say, Squish the Fish. You and I, you're taking me up to the VIP suite. Tyler's sitting shotgun. I'm in the back. What songs are we, what, what music uh, are we listening to on the way up to Buffalo? Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Sticks fan. Uh, All right. <laughs> pump Sail Away with Sticks. I love, I love Journey. Don't Stop Believing. Um, yeah. You know, now that's going to be quite the car ride, Ty. Yeah. Yeah, we just, <laughs> just crank the same songs over and over again. We just do it over and over again. Yeah, just, I'm all right with that. As long okay. as they're in a good loop. It's a good loop. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it up, man. Love it. Love well, it. All right, Christmas party. You're grabbing the microphone, karaoke night. What song 
Any of the sticks? Any come sail away? I could see your pipe singing on that. Sail away. Uh, you know how how can you not sing uh, Neil Diamond, Sweet Caroline? I was gonna say that yeah. would be a, that would be a bar favorite. Obviously, that's, that's an easy one. That's a no brainer. <laughs> it's not even the karaoke because everybody just sings along with it. Right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, Ty. Yeah, Peter. Well, if uh, Kevin and I are headed down to Elmira, where are you taking us to eat today? Oh man, I'm a big pizza guy. I love pizza. You know, there's, there's just a couple of nice little pizza spots right around town. You know, you gotta love it. You just gotta love it. just getting in there at noon, a couple of Italian places to keep you happy, Kev. Yep. Yep. Thank you for thinking about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I will say that Elmira has way better pizza than Rochester. I will go on record for that. They, uh, it's a, uh, it's a big stark difference, but Elmira does pizza, right? That's for sure. What's your favorite spot? I, I, well, I, 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 coming from Buffalo, born and raised in Buffalo, I'm a big chicken wing guy. So um, it, moving down here to Elmira, you know, the wings are good, but they're not great. No, know? no. But the yeah. pizza, I will take, I, the, Buffalo yeah. has that thick crust. They're not sure if they yeah. want to be Chicago or New York. So they're kind of in between and uncomfortable in between with that dough. <laughs> I just write down Pietro's, Pietro's right here. On yep, the, yep, yep. Mr. Mr. Menino over there. I used to be a waiter in my uh, early days. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, good meatballs, man. Good sauce. Good yes, meatballs. they got great food over there. Yeah. So as we're wrapping up, um, some of the other things that, uh, what is, because you know your per employees on such a personal level, you, you're meeting with them weekly, you're, you're a part of their lives. What is one thing that your employees might not know about you? Oh, oh I'm, I'm pretty transparent. I know you are. Yeah. One thing they might not know about me. Um, transparent. But I think, I think if, if there is an answer to that question is I, I like to just stay home on weekends and just stay away from the phone, stay away from technology, stay away from the iPhones and things like that. Cause I'm really so, so wrapped up in it during the week that on weekends, I think my staff thinks I'm out there doing wild and crazy things, but I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Peter, you mentioned a higher tier weakness earlier. Uh, what What's Peter's biggest weakness? I, I don't see any, but will you let us know? Um, you know, being an insurance agent, I, I, I dare say this, but 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 uh, attention to detail. You know, they'll laugh at me a little bit. Attention to detail. You know, I, I can get you to sign a form, Kevin, to, to buy insurance, but I want to make sure that you totally understand what you're buying. So, mm -hmm. um I, in respect of your time, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, take a lot of your time. So when I'm, when I'm talking about insurance, I need to really slow down and, and pay attention to the detail to make sure you fully understand what it is you're buying as far as your insurance goes. So my staff is extremely good at that. They're, they're good at making sure we get all the right signatures on all the forms, make sure all the people's banking information is set up properly and, and all their contact information. So I can do it, but I'm not real good at that. Mm -hmm. So again, you know, surround myself with people that can handle that properly. So yeah. um, I always they, said, if I, if I was a CEO, I want to be the dumbest guy in the room. That's, yeah. that's, that's one of the things. And I, I know that's a higher to your weakness, but um, sometimes having people on the team and, and different ideas, it changes your lens, it changes your opinion and, and you gain new knowledge. Uh, what I mean, is, um, what's your favorite movie? Um, Tommy Boy, is that okay to say Tommy oh, Boy? I love that movie. All right, yeah. that's a good one. Chris Farley, too early, too early. That's I'm just a fun guy. I don't like the real serious movies. I want to, if I'm going to watch a movie, I want to be entertained and, and I want to laugh. So, so Chris Farley movie, anything like that. Yeah, just the Adam Sandler movies, yeah. and stuff like that. I just, I just love that stuff. I just, just kick back <laughs> and laugh out of the stupidity. We, we all need more of that, right? We need more 
Yeah. Uh, well, we like we're we're so grateful that you uh, skipped your workout for us today. But I know you're probably going to find that hour some other yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, I know you will. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, as we're wrapping up, uh, we uh, we we were we are reviewing your resume. We got your application to apply to time out for with leaders. And as we're wrapping up, we always just want to know, we have some interview questions before we accept this application for you to come work with us. So Ty, what is your interview question for Mr. Wallen? Well, Mr. Wallen, if you uh, hit the lottery today, won the mega millions, billions, whatever the case may be, what would you spend that money on if you couldn't spend a penny on yourself? Yeah, thanks. Couldn't spend anything on myself. Hmm. I, I, I don't really need much more for myself, to be honest with you. And, and I'm very grateful and I'm very yeah. um, humble when I say that. Um, I, I think a lot of it's just giving it away. There, there's so many necessary causes in our in our community and in our world. And um, even being part of Rotary, it, it's great to be part of Rotary because it's we, 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 we focus a lot on the local things. You know, how can we you know, beautify our parks and how can we take care of this and take care of that in our own community? But there's always an element of what can we do to help create help solve a problem in the world if there's a water problem in the world or or a literacy problem in third world countries that we need to we need to support and help so um that money would would be spent pretty quickly Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. yeah, yeah feel free to slide a couple hundred grand over to tyler and i with the winnings it's all right we'll do a good work with it i promise just go my, do cool shit right. yeah exactly all right my my interview question for you is um describe yourself in one word I'll say humble guys. I, I, I've, I've shared a lot on this podcast that normally I wouldn't share, you know, as far as the, the successes I've had and things like that. But um, in most cases, I'm just humble. I'm just walking down the street with my baseball cap on and my sneakers and, and not trying to show off and not trying to, not trying to be anything more than I really am, you know, just, just, you know, a, a God fearing guy that just, you know, tries to put in a good hard day's work every day. I love that. And I, and I can attest to that. I just really wanted to say thank you for skipping your workout with us. Um, we will definitely hire you at uh, Time Out with Leaders. You are a part of the family now. <laughs> Bring it um, on, man. But thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of this show with Tyler and I today. It was a lot of fun, guys. Anytime. Enjoy it so much. Awesome. Thank awesome. Well, keep listening. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and stop back next week. Thanks again, Mr. Wallen. You have a great day. Hey guys, thank you. Take care.